Travel Photography Gear for Beginners. Five things I recommend. Hi and welcome to episode 81 of the Photography Explained podcast. I'm your host Rick and in each episode I will try to explain one photographic thing to you in plain English in less than 10 minutes-ish without the irrelevant details. What I tell you is based on my lifetime of photographic experience and not Google. Uh, this is take two. Take one I coughed and spluttered through so um, hopefully I'll, I'll, I'll make a better job of it this time so um, please bear with. Before I go on, if you have a question you would like me to answer, just go to photographyexplainedpodcast.com forward slash start. Here is the answer bit. The five bits of travel photography gear I recommend for beginners are the following. One, a camera and lens combo that is lightweight and portable. Two, a nice backpack with room for gear and other stuff. Three, a travel tripod. Four, a neutral density filter and holder. Yes, really. Five, the, to- <laughs> the photographer's ephemeris app. Now, I've always struggled with the word ephemeris, so disappointing that I failed on photographers. Anyway, right, let's look at each of these in turn. I know this is probably not what you're expecting, which in my eyes is a good thing. I appear to see things a little bit differently to um, many others, so um, this is my list of five things, so... um Let's get into it. Number one, a camera and lens combo. That is lightweight and portable. This is two items. Let's just call this added value. This is the fundamental gear that needs thinking about. Now, I can't tell you which camera and lens to buy, as there are so many variables. But if you check out episode seven, what camera should I buy? I go into this in detail. Well, a bit of detail anyway. Basically, buy the best camera that you can afford. The best camera you can afford. I can't tell you what your budget is, but... Decide what you're comfortable spending on a camera because you probably have it for, I don't know, I've had my Canon 6D for seven, eight years now. So um, it's an investment. It's a lot of money granted, but decide what you're comfortable with and spend your money on the best you can afford. What do I do? Good question, Rick. For my travel photography, I use an Olympus EM5 Mark II with an Olympus 12 to 40 millimeter lens. Now, the camera body is much, much smaller than my Canon 6D. The lens is, well, it is smaller than my 17 to 40 millimeter lens, but the weight is not that different. It's a small but lumpy thing. Sure, I could stick the 12 to 42 millimeter lens on the EM5, and that would make a big difference. In fact, for my next trip, I'm going to do just that and go properly small. How exciting. A smaller camera is helpful, but they are a little bit more fiddly and are still a weight to carry. I do feel the benefit of going from the Canon to Olympus system in terms of things being generally smaller and lighter, though, which I have found helpful. Quick reminder, different types of cameras. Well, you check out the other Micro Four Thirds, crop sensor and full frame cameras. Oh no, I've just opened up the entire market again. Sorry, sorry. So what's the difference? In general terms, Micro Four Thirds cameras are smaller than crop sensor cameras, which are generally smaller than full frame cameras. And all three formats have great quality sensors and lenses. Now, I can personally recommend Micro Four Thirds cameras for travel, which is what I've ended up using, but there are so many variables and personal preferences. So check out episode eight, why is camera sensor size important? And you can find out about the three different types. But let's not forget, these days, you will struggle to buy a rubbish camera from the main camera manufacturers. They are, to me, just different levels of amazing. Okay, what about lenses? Well, I love using wide-angle lenses. When I used my Canon 6D, my travel lens was the excellent 24-105mm to lens, giving me wide-angle to telephoto, and that was all I used, all I needed. And only having one lens was so good in so many ways, not least being only having one lens to carry. I also never got a problem with dust getting into the sensor chamber as I never changed lenses. Now with the Olympus, I used a 12 to 40 and a 40 to 150 millimeter lens, which in full frame equivalent terms are 24 to 80 and 80 to 300, which is a massive range, let's be honest with you. But now I'm going to go back to the smaller 12 to 42 millimeter lens for my next trip and I'll see how I get on with it. And I will, of course, let you know in a future episode. 
So choose the right camera and pair it with the right lens. And if you feel that you can get away with just one lens, then you do that. I do it and it's great. I know I've said I take two lenses, but I use one most of the time. I mean, you won't get better photos necessarily with more gear, but smaller and lighter is good. And also having the right gear and not too much gear is also important. Did that make any sense? Not really. I've had a bit of a thing about gear. I've bought loads of gear in the past, taken everything with me on trips, not used a lot of it, carried it around a lot, and now I've pared it down to the absolute minimum. I'll come on to that in the backpack, which is next. Number two, a backpack with room for gear and other stuff. Now, I always carry my camera in my hand luggage when I travel, so I use my camera bag as my hand luggage. That's what I take on the plane, and which bag do I use? I use a Peak Design Everyday Backpack, and it's the smaller 20-litre one. Now, my Olympus gear fits nicely in the bottom half, leaving the top half for non-photography-related stuff, such as snacks, sunglasses, the inevitable newspaper that I tell myself that I will read on holiday, that I never get round to reading, and those sweets you buy at the airport that you didn't really want, but you know the sweets where you're going are just not the same. So you buy them. In any other time of your life, you wouldn't buy them when you're at the airport, you do. I don't even eat sweets at home, and neither do I read the paper. Oh, yeah, and also, I always have to get a paperback which I cram into my hand luggage. Got to get one of them. W.H. Smith's great shops. I have a Kindle as well, so I don't even read paperbacks. So, um, sorry digressions, but point is, half my camera bag is empty, so I can fill it full of rubbish. And another thing about camera bags for travel photography, they need to be lightweight with side pockets on the outside that you can put bottles of water in. Think about it, you don't want to put them in the bag with all that precious gear, do you? Number three, a travel tripod. I bought lots of tripods. They're very much a matter of personal preference. Go to a shop, try a few out. That's the best way. For travel, I use a three-legged thing, Corey tripod. Strange name, great tripod. What are the things you need to consider? Cost, size, weight are important factors. These are the main things to consider. Light enough and small enough to travel with and to carry for long periods of time. And you need to be able to attach your tripod to your camera bag. Makes life a lot easier. And you also need to think about the tripod head. So those are all important, but most of all, the tripod you choose has to be sturdy and stable enough to hold your camera rock steady when the shutter is activated. If it doesn't do this, forget it. So in my book, forget how it looks, forget all that stuff and concentrate on its purpose. To hold your camera so firmly when the shutter activates, there's no movement to the camera. It's all about the function, not the look. And I mean, this is the only way to get tack sharp photos in all lighting conditions, trust me. And let's not forget, I use a tripod for 95% of the photos I take. So I've told you about my current tripod of choice, and that came with a ball head, and that works well with my Olympus camera. I also have a Manfrotto, Manfrotto Pixie tripod, and also a Platypod. These are the ones for another time. Number four, a neutral density filter. I need to get a move on, don't I? What is a neutral density filter, or ND for short? A neutral density filter reduces the amount of light that gets to the camera sensor. Think of it as sunglasses for your camera. ND filters, to save time, reduce the amount of lights that gets through to the sensor in stops. So a two-stop neutral density filter reduces the amount of light that gets through to the sensor by two stops. So what's the point of this? What does this actually mean? Well, with an ND filter, you can use a slower shutter speed. Why would you want to do this? Well, I absolutely love doing this to blur water, be it the sea, a river, or a waterfall. And I use a Lee Big Stopper, which reduces the amount of light getting through to the sensor by a whopping, wait for it, 10 stops. 10 stops. It's amazing. Not cheap, mine, but I bought it years and years ago, and it's still going. This means that an exposure with a shutter speed of 1 60th of a second without the filter is a massive 15 seconds with the filter. Now, I know this isn't for everybody, but I love making the sea super flat. You can do the same to rivers. Super, super cool. 10 stops is massive, opening up the creative possibilities available to you and giving you new things to try in broad daylight. Number five, finally, 
the photographer's ephemeris app. Check out episode 70. What phone apps do photographers use? Here are the seven I use the most. Why I talk about this app. But very quickly, I use this app on my iPhone so I know where the sun is going to rise and set and everything in between. I use it to plan every sunrise and sunset when I don't know exactly where the sun will be. I also use it to plan my architectural photography work and the timings of shoots, when the sun will be on the main facade, that kind of thing. Now you do have to pay for it, cost a tenner, but that is, I believe, a one-off payment, and one that I have made and was happy to make. Well worth it. It does loads more stuff which I haven't explored yet. One for another time again. What do I do? Well, I use the stuff I've spoken about. This episode is based on what I do, so let me summarise here. My camera and lens, Olympus EM5 Olympus 12-40mm lens. Camera bag, Peak Design Everyday Backpack. Tripod, three-legged thing, Corey with ball head. ND filter, Liebig stopper. And the app. Right, the talky bit. Photography is not all about gear. Sure, gear is important. You need gear to take photos. But getting out there and taking photos, practicing, learning, practicing, learning, that is what photography is all about. Photography is drawing with light, taking photos, not shopping for gear. You won't learn anything buying gear and looking at buying more gear, which trust me, I used to do. Get the best gear that you can for sure. But once you got that gear, read the manuals and practice with it until you can literally use it with your eyes closed. And only once you've exhausted the capabilities and possibilities of that gear should you look to buy any more gear. Now let's think about this one. Nobody knows which camera or lens I use for any of my photos. No one knows I have more than one camera system. And quite rightly, no one cares. So forget that. No one cares about your camera. All they care about is the photo. Well, people do care, but there are the photographers. Is your market of the photographers? Probably not. Certainly not mine. So don't get too hung up on the gear, please. Which is a bit ironic, isn't it, considering this episode is all about gear. And when you do buy more gear, it should be stuff that lets you do something new that you cannot do at the moment or help you take better photos or make things easier for you. If a new piece of gear does not do one of those three, don't buy it. That's my rule. Spare anything aside, that is. I have spares of everything, just in case. But I don't take them all on holiday. These are the five things I value most in my travel photography that I wanted to share with you in a podcast episode. One line summary. These are the five bits of photography gear I recommend beginners get, which give you the tools to get started and not get overwhelmed by gear and get to do some cool stuff straight away. So there's a balance here, isn't there? Having gear that helps you and lets you become creative, but not being overwhelmed with too much gear. Too much gear is bad. Okay, what's next? Photography Explained Podcast Episode 82. Do you want to know what skills you need to be a travel photographer. My throat's just about going to last out here. This week's shout out. This episode's shout out is to Pat Flynn, who gave me the permission to start this podcast and also told me how to actually do it. He coached me in episode 1132 of the Ask Pat 2.0 podcast. Check him out and you'll see what I mean. Thank you, Pat. You gave me some advice and I took it and acted on it. I'm done. Thank you for listening to my small but perfectly formed, if not a little croaky podcast. To find out more about my podcast and do stuff to help me, check out photographyexplained.com forward slash start. This episode was brought to you by Altery Coffee and a summer cold slot awaiting sponsor. I've been Rick McAvoy. Thanks again for listening to me and for giving me 15 minutes of your valuable time. And I will see you on the next episode. Cheers from me, Rick. My brand new course, How to Become a Real Estate Photographer, Straight Talking Advice for Beginners to Get You Making Money Quickly and Build a Career, is available to buy now. Find out more at rickmacavoyphotography.com forward slash courses.